turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. If you don't have, if you don't have um, an offering envelope, just raise your hand and the ushers will bring it to you. And even if, you know, we may have some guests that are here tonight, even if you didn't come prepared to give, it's important that you have an envelope because the Lord showed us this some years ago is that the, the Lord says this. He says, if you'll purpose in your heart to be a sower, he gives seed to the sower. And, you know, one of the biggest offerings in the Bible was the widow who gave two mites, which is basically, you know, in our language today, kind of like two pennies. And it was one of the biggest offerings that was ever given were, were those two pennies. And one of the things that you see is, you might not have even come in prepared to give, but one of the things we want to do to you is to give you something that's seed. You can literally, like you shouldn't stay here, you shouldn't stay at the place where all you have to give is an offering envelope. But if, you're, if that's where you've been and you're ready to go up, you can take that envelope and say, this is mine. We give it to you. You can write on it. You can, you can do doodles on it. You can crumple it up, throw it in a trash can. You can throw paper planes. You can fold it up and throw a paper plane. Don't do it during service. You might get tackled by security and ushers, but it, it'd be entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun. And, uh, but it's yours. You can throw it away. You can use it as a bookmark. Or... Every person in here, if you have an envelope, you have something to say, Lord, I'm using this. This is mine. It costs a few pennies, costs a few cents. And this is one the church is not going to have to print again. And they can throw it up there in the offering basket. And you can literally kickstart and jumpstart your finances. It's a first seed. One seed of corn will turn into a stalk. You'll have two or, two or three uh, ears on there. Each one carries about 600, 400, 600. I, I got to get that math memorized. But it's in the hundreds. One kernel will produce a lot of corn. In the hundreds, multiplied hundreds. Then they could take that and plant it. They'll have hundreds of stalks and it can grow. This can be your one seed that starts everything off today. So you just get it in your heart. Lord, I know that I didn't come prepared I didn't come prepared to give. We should, let me, you know, is this the body of Christ and am I talking to believers or am I, if I'm talking to the world, then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to ask the world for an offering. But if I'm talking to believers, there's things in this word that says we need to be sowing. It's a part of God's ways. And so it should be the thing that when we come and, and the word teaches us that when we feed on the word of God, we should give where we're fed. We should sow in that place. So I personally, Nicole and I, we try to never go into any meeting and we feed on the Word of God and not sow something. And we'll sow, I'll even do that online. If I'm sitting online, I'm watching somebody, I'll try to sow some. I, I haven't always remembered that. But as much as I can, I'll try to honor it and say, even if I'm sowing something little, I don't let embarrassment, like, okay, if I watch 20 things online and I give each one of them, you know, a $100 seed, uh, I'm, that's a $2,000 day. Well, maybe I didn't have $2,000 to give, but I could probably give a dollar to each one of them. I'm not going to be embarrassed about that. I'm going to plant seed. Now I've got seed in the ground. It just in the seed of corn, $1 times 100 times 400. Now I've got a big harvest coming in on each one of those seeds. 
So I start to understand seed time and harvest. I want you to see this. It's important. Did you know that when you honor God, you don't just honor God the person without honoring his ways, what he does, what he's about, what's his system. So, for example, church, the assembly of the saints, that's one of his ways. If we're going to honor God, then we honor that. We honor the assembly. We honor where we're planted. We talked about that last night. If we're going to honor God, uh, one, of, one of his ways is humility. Humility is one of his ways. One of his ways is faithfulness, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of these. These are God's ways. Faith is his ways. We should honor that. Well, listen, whether we like it or not, and whether some people have taken advantage of it or not, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, those are also the ways of God. And if we're going to honor God, we must get good at his ways, and we have to honor his ways. I want you to see this. Look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. How many people want to be uh, not smart? Anybody want to not be smart? Uh, okay, just I was making sure I was talking to the right crowd. All right. Um, Romans 1 and verse 21. For even though they knew God, they knew him. They did not honor him as God or give thanks. Can you see that honor and thanks goes hand in hand? See, when we're, when we're walking through life and we are not thanking God on a regular basis for what we do have, we're missing something. We're missing an honor of God. We're missing an opportunity. God, you gave this to me. You gave, I honor you in it. You gave this to me. Thank you, Lord. I have health. Thank you, Lord. I have a skill that I can take to a job and, and get paid for. Thank you, Lord. I have a job. Thank you, Lord. I have a vehicle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We should be thanking them all the time. You'll see that these two things go hand in hand in what's coming uh, for this person. It says, but one of the things they did was not just not giving thanks, but they didn't honor them. They didn't honor him. That means to esteem God and to esteem his ways. They, they didn't do that. And they became futile in their speculations. In other words, they were trying to figure out stuff and it was all in futility. It wasn't worth anything. All of their work melted down to nothing. They were trying to, their speculations, they were speculating about things. They were trying to figure things out and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like today. It's, it's like, we're, we're so smart now, we don't need to pay attention to genders. It's fuel, foolishness. Yeah. Absolute foolishness. It, it, it's, they become futile in their speculations. The Bible tells it, he says, in the end, bad will be good, good will be bad. And it's like, no, we're beyond that. We're beyond that. We don't, you know, and I just, I just saw in another state, they're stopping some of the requirements for math and English. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. And how do you get that way? You stop honoring God and you stop thinking. Look at, look at what it says. It says, they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. The next verse, professing to be wise... They became fools. 
Professing to become wise, they become fools. Now, what I want you to see is this, is that what did that stem from? What was the beginning thing that was missed? Honor. You know, when we give an offering, every week we have an opportunity to honor God. Now, we don't give under compulsion. So this is not a message for you to go, oh, goodness, well, if I don't give a lot, I'm not honoring. No, that's not at all. It's where's our heart at? Where's our heart on being here in a service? Where's our heart on giving to the Lord? Where's our heart on it? Turn uh, to Romans, a few chapters over. Uh, Romans 13 and verse 7. Romans 13. And verse 7. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom is due in context. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor is due. Is God due honor? Is God due honor in our lives? Oh yeah, he is. Then is he, is he worthy of honor? Then should... Should we consider that he is due our honor personally? Now, I can control my honor, but can I control your honor? No, I can't make that decision. Now, what I can do is I might can have some influence over your honor. Like right now I'm speaking and I'm giving you, I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you the truth that will set you free. And so maybe you'll hear it and listen to it. You'll change your, your heart of honor, take your honor up to another level. I think everybody in here pretty much has some honor in their heart towards God. But all of us, every one of us, including me, can take our honor up to another level. So what happens when we take our honor up to another level? And, and is God worthy of that honor? You know, I had, I had ministers even that sent me some stuff uh, a while back, and they were saying, listen, you know, I just don't like what's going on in our country, and I don't think we ought to respect the flag anymore, and I think we ought to take a knee. And I said, and immediately I said, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? Now, obviously, that's not where I was coming from. I'm about as big of a patriot as you can get. And uh, that's not where I was coming from. But I didn't want to just spout out a worldly patriotism. I said, Lord, how do I respond to this? Because I know in my spirit what they're asking me to do is not right. And this is a minister. I want to give them biblical reasons. And immediately the Lord took me to that verse. He said, give honor to whom honor is due. Are the men and women who died for this country, are they worthy of honor? They gave their life. That's why, I, that's why I will stand at that. That's why I will continue to be patriotic. They gave their life for freedom, and freedom is the spirit of Christ. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But see, for us to ignore what was due honor, obviously that's wrong, right? Obviously that's wrong. Now, the issue is this, is what happens when we do turn on honor? What happened? First Samuel chapter 2. And verse 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. We talked about it last night. Let's look at it. 1 Samuel chapter 2. The second part of the verse, it says, For now, but now the Lord declares. So this is not just a man, a man that's declaring it. This is the Lord declaring this. 
And when God speaks, does it happen? <laughs> when he speaks, does it happen? Oh, yeah. He says, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me. In other words, he says, this is gonna, I'm going to make sure this happens, what I'm about to say. For those who honor me, I will honor. In other words, God says, when you honor me, I will honor you. I want it. So if we will, now watch this. Then it says, but those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Those who despise me. So what we can see is that God will give you what you sow. If you sow honor, you'll receive honor back from God. And like I said last night, it's not a fair exchange. <laughs> we, we are much more blessed when God decides to honor us. But here's the other thing. Uh, what you sow is what you reap. If you'll reap a light esteeming of God, not just that you don't esteem them, you esteem them lower than you should. See, it's not that we, see, people esteem them. But have you ever been sitting in church before? Not here, of course. But uh, you've, you've been sitting in church before, and all of a sudden you're sitting, you're like, I'm not really listening right now. <laughs> like, I'm just not really listening. And so you're there. You're there. You're esteeming God to be at church. You know, that's a minority issue today. <laughs> you're there, but yet you can be there, but you're not really honoring. You're not esteeming at the high level that you should be. And so that is a dishonor. And he says, those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. The opposite of honor is I don't esteem at the right level. And God equates it to a despising. Now, I don't think anybody in here wants to despise God, but the issue is, the issue is, are we doing it without knowing it? I've come to the conclusion over years of pastoring now that most people actually have quite a bit off in their lives, but they don't know that they have it off. They're not, they're not wrong because they're like, ooh, I'm evil and I'm going to be wrong. That's not what they're doing. They're thinking... I think I'm pretty much right about everything and I'm too prideful to get in humility to figure it out. And, but because I'm right, I'm going to keep doing it and doing it this way. And what they're doing is they're not actually, they're not actually honoring God in their walk and humbling themselves. One of the ways of God is humility. They're not humbling themselves. They're not honoring God. But most people, could we be even in our offering or even in our attendance at church, could we be not esteeming him high enough and not even realize it? Not even realize it. Yeah. I just had somebody speak that to me just a minute ago. Just, just I, I don't think I was esteeming it right. Okay, great. You're in the right service. They didn't know I was about to speak on honor, right? And, and, and then one of the things that you see, praise the Lord, that's the Lord. That's the Lord giving you verses on how to help in just that way. I, I, I need to correct this. I see it. I need to correct. Glory to God, that's awesome. That's, that's the Lord helping in that way. But then one of the things that you see is this. God says if you continue in that way, you're actually, when you're not esteeming him right, you're despising him. I, how many people want to despise God? How many people want to get futile in your understanding? Get not smart. No, I don't. I want to get smart. I want to get smart. I want to get wise the way God sees wisdom. I want to honor him because I, I also want his honor in my life. 
then I've got to put that honor in everything that I do. I've got to put that honor in how I attend church. I've got to put that honor in walking in faith. I've got to put that honor in resisting the devil. I've got to put that honor in humbling myself before the Lord, not being in pride. I've got to put that honor in sowing and receiving as well. It's a way of God. And when we honor his ways, did you know he says about his ways, his ways are holy? Like, think about that. He said, my way is holy. That means it's separate, it's set apart. And so as we give, let's make sure that we're, mi we're mixing with our gift. We're putting some fertilizer in the hole of honor. Lord, I'm, not, I'm taking this gift and, and I'm putting some honor on it. I'm not just throwing it in a bucket. I'm putting some honor on it. Lord, you are worthy of my thanks. I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for you. Even if you didn't come prepared to get, I wouldn't have this envelope if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have this chair that I'm sitting in tonight if it wasn't for you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I honor you tonight. I honor you. I honor you. And, I, and I'll say it again because I want it to be real clear. It's not a message to, to bump up your offering. It's a message to say from this night forward, I'm going to change the way I honor God in everything, the offering included. And as you do that, God says, those who honor me, I will honor. I will honor. I will honor. One of the things you see about the glory and the honor, when they give honor, it was a weightiness. Because the heavier it weighed, the more valuable it was. They, there's a glory. There's an honor. When the, the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south came up, she honored Solomon. She honored him. You know how she honored him? She brought a whole train of wagons behind her with gold and silver. And, and the offering was like in the millions because she had heard that he was wise. That was it. it. She wasn't bringing it to God. She was bringing it to a man. But what she didn't realize was when she brought it to God's man, she was bringing it to God. She was bringing it to, to the Lord. And she received an impartation of that grace because her heart, even though she didn't know any better, her heart was in honor. But see, we know the things of the Lord. We're tapping in not just to what a man can give us. We're tapping into the creator of the universe. Lord, I honor you tonight. Just stand on your feet. You can hold up your offering. If you're online, you can go to givebc.org. You can give by PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. You can, in uh, Facebook, you can type in the comments, text to give, cryptocurrency, all that stuff. Go to givebc.org. Scan that code on your phone. It'll take you right there. But just right now, you can be given by your phone or whatever. Whatever it is, hold up. Lord, this is my honor tonight. Lord, I honor you. I honor you. No matter how much it is, big, little, in the middle, I honor you. Tonight, Lord, and tonight I know that when I honor you, you are honoring me. And I praise you and I worship you. And I receive your honor back as I plant this seed of your love that you gave to me. You didn't have to even keep me alive, but you kept me alive. You put money in my pocket, be it big or little. It's there because you, because of your goodness. 
every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, tonight, this is my honor and this is my thankfulness. And I praise you and I worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. When you feel that honor rising up in you, you can come and drop it in the basket. Lord, I just pray that every penny, every gift would be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for overflowing people's lives. Lord, thank you for jump-starting their finances tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your harvest in people's lives. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, last night we got a good start into our notes, didn't we? Amen. How many people were blessed last night? I heard a lot of people praising God over it last night. That, um, that really, really blesses me. I want to go over a couple of things of what we're going to go over this week in the Amazing Acts. Uh, one of the things that we're going to look at is not just the Acts that are amazing, but one of the things that we're going to look at is we're going to go through five different steps this week that is a pathway to your supernatural destiny. We're going to, we're going to look at five different areas of that. We're going to look at the inception of your powerful and supernatural destiny, the releasing of the Holy Spirit on mankind. Second thing, the construction, a building of God's normal flow. A building of the normal flow of God. The third thing is a reception. The receiving of this supernatural walk. And the fourth thing is the interruption. Where the devil tries to stop the supernatural destiny you're called to. The enemy tries to stop it. And then the fifth thing is the completion. From faithfulness to the finish. Faithfulness to finish. The finish your race to finish the course. We're going to look at those five things this week. And I'm going to show you how in the book of Acts, you actually can see these things in practice. You can get some game plans for your life so that you can fulfill your destiny in supernatural, in the supernatural destiny of God. The other thing that I want you to see is this book of Acts, we're going to preach on it, we're going to teach on it. And, uh, but what I want you to see is this is truly what I would call the book of of amazement. The book of amazement. We looked at it last night and there were different events. There were 28 different events that left people amazed, astonished, bewildered. There were 28 different events. There were 51 different events with a manifestation of the supernatural power of God. Signs, wonders, power, grace, healing, tongues. There were, there were 51 different places where the power of God flowed. It is truly a book of amazement. Now, one of the things that we see is that we're not just talking about a little bit like, wow, that was cool, you know, that was really neat. No, we're not talking about somebody did a cool dunk down at the gym, right? No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about they were greatly amazed. No, that's something man can do building up in his skill. We're not talking about that. We're talking about stuff can't happen without God. 
And, and it left people, I, I talked about last night, not just perplexed, greatly perplexed. You know, what in the world? How, what's going on? Greatly perplexed. Like, what's your best greatly perplexed face? At least give me a little entertainment. Yeah, that's a good one. Kevin had a great one. Hey, yeah, greatly perplexed, right? This is what we're going to see. It's a book of amazing and astonishing acts of the Holy Ghost through men and women. It is a book of God's normal before the devil even had a fight against it. <laughs> before he, he even had a rebuttal. You know, uh, you go into a courtroom and you have the accuser will come up and he'll be telling what all this person did. And then the other, the other attorney will get up there and he'll offer the rebuttal to those things. He'll offer, offer the other side. Before the devil even had a fight on it, this is God just pouring out the Holy Ghost. And before the devil even had a rebuttal, you just saw the power of God. It's a book of God's normal before the devil even had a rebuttal. And I want you to see this. Get this in you this week. This book of Acts, we need to renew our mind to it. We need to renew our mind to it. Now, as we look at this, I want us to go to Acts chapter 1. And tonight we're talking about the inception of your supernatural destiny. But how we're looking at the inception of that, the beginning of your supernatural destiny, is we're really looking at the beginning and the receiving of the Holy Spirit given to mankind. So when we look at this book, we're looking tonight at how do we receive and keep receiving God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And we were created to be filled with God and overflow with God himself. Think about that. See, the devil will lie to people and tell you that you're not worth anything. The devil will lie and say, you're not ready, you're not worth it, you're nothing, you came from monkeys, you did all of this, right? We've heard all the stuff. It's a lie. God said, now think about this. How in the world, how well are you created? How well are you created to hold God and overflow God? Think about that. How well are we created? Now you think about everything that, think about now all the lies the devil told you. You're not worthy, you're not worthy, you're not worthy, right? I know, some of y'all know, I know. I can tell some of y'all got some age on you to know that reference. The devil lied, says you're not worthy. You're not worthy. And, but God, that's not what God says. God says you are. I made you to be filled with God the Spirit. God the Spirit. And overflow. And let them come out of you. I said last night, hold those hands up in front of you. Hold those hands. These are anointed hands. Not, not, not mine, the pastor. Yours, the believer. Yours, the child of God. Yours, filled with the Holy Ghost. Yours, filled with the... You, filled with the Holy Ghost. For God to come through you. Woo! Glory. Glory to God. 
the inception, the releasing of the Holy Spirit on mankind. The first thing I want you to see here is God prophesied that he would release a supernatural power to mankind that would change everything. And let's look at it in Acts chapter 1 and starting in verse 3. It says, talking about Jesus, it says, To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So after he died on the cross, went to the grave, and then rose up from the grave, Jesus appeared. And what's interesting is what did he talk to people about? Well, it tells us right here in this verse. Jesus presented himself. The first thing he did was he showed, I'm alive. He showed himself to many people. Many people. And, and then he says, by many convincing proofs. He proved it to them over and over again. But then he appeared to them, and he, over this period of time of 40 days, he talked to them of things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, it's important anytime you see the word kingdom, you need to break that down into the two root words. The kingdom is the king's domain, or it's the king's rule or the rule of the king, right? If you come in here, if you come into this church, you follow certain rules. If you don't follow certain rules, security will usher you out, or we'll call the cops and they'll usher you out. Why? Because it's a privately held place. We can, we can enforce that. Any, any privately owned business can do the same thing. But there's a certain rule because you're on that property. You're on private property. There's a rule. Well, in the kingdom of God, there's a rule. There's things that only the king declares. But here's the thing about that. When we're in the kingdom of God, we decide which rules are going to work for us. There's actually a rule in God, that in the kingdom of God, that says you are no longer in the curse. You are redeemed from the curse. But in the curse is every sickness and disease. So the kingdom of God actually declares there's no sickness and disease for those that are in the kingdom through Jesus Christ. There's none left for them. It, it might try to come on them, but there's none left. The issue is who receives it? Who receives that? Who receives that I'm in the kingdom? I'm in the rule of God. That's why when you say Jesus is Lord over this house, what you're declaring is the lordship and the rulership of God, it is the only thing and the only will that will come to pass in my house. So you can say Jesus is Lord when I go into a hotel room. I paid money to be there. I have a right to be there. It also gives me some privileges in the, over that whole property. Why? Because I am a tenant. It belongs to me at least for a night. Well, for a night, I'm going to set some things straight spiritually. Like there might have been a whole lot of ugliness happened in this, in this hotel, but it ain't happening no more, and it sure ain't happening tonight. Right? Jesus is Lord over this property. Jesus is Lord over the property, every square inch, above and beneath and on all sides. Everything that's been in here that's not a part of you, Lord, loose your grip now in the name of Jesus. Be removed. Let your glory fill this place. Let it permeate the walls so that when the next person comes in, they'll actually feel your presence and be drawn to you. Amen. 
That's how I pray when I go into a hotel room. Is that right? Every time. Every time. Why? Because the Lord told Joshua, I'll give you every place where your foot treads. Where the sole of your foot treads, I give it to you. So I just take it too. If he had that blessing in the Old Testament, I got the blessing in the New Testament. He's given us authority. Everywhere we go, he's leading us to victory and leading us to triumph. But see, what am I doing in that hotel room? I'm establishing the domain of the king. I'm establishing the kingdom. So when it says that he was speaking to them concerning the kingdom of God, he was telling them how things should be, what should be normal and what shouldn't be normal. Right? This is a book of God's normal. Verse 4 Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Now, I want you to see, what were they waiting for? Were they waiting to receive the Holy Ghost, or were they waiting for the first outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Well, they would receive the Holy Ghost once the first outpouring came, once he had been given. This was the promise and this was the outpouring. So a lot of people will take that and they'll say, well, I've got to wait on the Holy Ghost after that. Nobody had to wait after that. Even in the rest of the book of Acts, nobody had to wait. But they needed to wait until the first initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. As soon as that happened, everybody that was born again could receive the Holy Ghost if they wanted to. Right? So, but they did need to be obedient to this and wait. He says, you need to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard of from me, verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptized. Baptized means completely immersed in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to see the difference, and, and we'll look at this scripture in a second. Uh, but the difference between being born again, you receive the Holy Ghost and you receive him in your life and in your heart. But a baptism of the Holy Ghost is an overflow of, of the Holy Ghost in your life. It's an overflow. I, I can give you an example of this. It takes water to live, right? It takes water to live. Most people say you should have about eight cups of water a day. It's about 64 ounces a day. Well, eight cups, you know, basically looks like, what, a half gallon? Yeah, eight cups is a half gallon. Well, you put a half gallon up to a full-size man, that doesn't look like very much. But that water will keep me alive. But if I overflowed you with water... That looks totally different. You would be completely filled with it throughout your whole being and you would, it would be overflowing out of you, rivers of living water. God's plan for us is not just to have a saved life, is not just to have enough to keep us alive, but to overflow us with that life to overflow us with it. So he said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he told them to wait, but he told them it won't be many days. It won't be many days at all. Verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Now this is a very important thing because it says, he basically says, uh, he says, hey, I'm going to give you a great promise. You're going to receive God the Spirit in just, a, in just a few days. And immediately their head goes to, oh, now is it at this time that you're going to restore our physical nation? You're going to drive back Rome and you're going to take over and we're going to rule the world. 
I call this thinking my kingdom mentality, my ministry mentality, right? My kingdom or my ministry. Well, this same mentality is on many churches today. They won't even tell you. You want to see it? You want to watch this in process? Just watch the next time on Facebook, somebody randomly gets up enough guts to say, hey, does anybody out there know of a good church? I'm thinking about going. 150 comments later, everybody will be touting how great their church is. Right? They'll all get on there and say, our church is the best. Our church. My ministry mentality. My kingdom mentality. All of, all of their thinking is focused on them and what they're doing. That's why many, many times there might be a ministry in need down the road and you'll have other ministries that won't even give to it. They won't even give anything because it's all about their ministry. All about them. This is a really bad thing. You'll have people that'll come into church. You'll have people that'll come into church and they have a my ministry mentality and they're like passing out their resume to everybody and telling them what they're do, doing. Last night we talked about unity. They'll have a vision of their ministry and what they're supposed to do and the whole time they're there, they're building their, their ministry resume instead of actually planning themselves in the vision of the place where God placed them. And, they, and now they're in division. They can cause that to splinter into other people. It's really, really bad and dangerous. That's actually a very dangerous game for them to play. And it's the same mentality here. And you'll notice that Jesus doesn't respond positively to it at all. He says, he said, they said, Lord, is it this time you're restoring our kingdom, the physical kingdom? Is it this time? He said, it is not for you to know the times or the epochs, the era in which your father is fixed by his own authority. But you will, he's prophesying about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the preparation of reception. The preparation of reception. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going. Behold, two men in white clothing stood b beside them. And they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you in heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Now, one of the things he says is he prophesies when we are getting prepared for a supernatural destiny, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. And he says, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive power. This is a dunamis power. That's like where the, we get the word uh, dynamo or dynamite, the same root. It's a power like a generator. It just keeps producing. It's just power coming out of you. How many people you felt in your life where you've just been like a dynamo? You just got power coming out of you. Or have you had moments where you've been like, oh, God. <laughs> I've had moments like that. But you can live where it's just coming out of you. That's actually how we're supposed to live. Now watch this. This is normal to God. That's God's normal. Oh, God. That's not normal to God. That's a part of the curse. Power of God. Whoa, yeah. 
That's God's normal. Just And coming out, coming out your pores. You just reek of the power of God. Used to, you might have reeked the alcohol the, the day after. Now you reek of the power of God. He wants to fill you with the new wine. It'll come out your pores. Get, get a vision of it. This is how we're supposed to live all the time. This may be funny, and it's a little bit of a rebuke, even to myself as I say it. <laughs> but we're not supposed to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, God, coffee. No, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost working in us. We need a revelation of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit power. And when we have it, it'll look different to us. We'll think differently about it. I understand coffee. I like coffee. But coffee's not your source. If you don't receive it quickly, hey, let me just give you a clue. If you don't receive it or don't receive it quickly, that'll be the message for the rest of the night. I know how the Holy Ghost works. So please, for our sakes, and mine too, receive it. I like coffee. I didn't have it this morning. I missed it. I, I wanted it this morning, but I didn't. I had tea instead. But it's not our source. Caffeine's not your source. Coke ain't your source. Mountain Dew ain't your source. Energy drinks, not your source. There's a supernatural... I'm all up in people's business. I can feel it. Oh, my goodness. Desserts ain't your source. <laughs> she went, oh, you got me. <laughs> Nailed it. Glory, glory to God. <laughs> None of that's your source. Carbohydrates. McDonald's french fries. Dairy Queen. Uh, oh, well, just amen it. Just say amen. Act like you're happy to hear it, and we'll just go on. You know I'm telling the truth. That's why everybody got funny. Everybody got squirrely all of a sudden. Man, is it, is it hot in here? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. No, but I, I'm being serious. There's a, I know that's funny, and it's funny because it's true, but I'm being serious. When you wake up with the Holy Ghost, things, things look different. Things, things don't look the same. You don't wake up dreading stuff because there's a supernatural God power inside of you. And there's a reality to it. See, this is what we're getting this week is the realities that we need. Think how much... If, if caffeine could do that to you, what can God do to you? Right? If caffeine can do it to you, what can God do to you? Oh my goodness. What could he do? Prophesied. Joel chapter 28. Inception. There's prophecy this is coming. Joel chapter 28 or chapter 2. Verse 28 and 29. 
prophet Joel hundreds of years before this says, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your sons and your daughters. Not just, not just males. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They'll, they, listen, when you prophesy, you have the word of God in your mouth. Your sons will have the word of God in their mouth. Your daughters will have the word of God in their mouth. Galatians chapter 3. In Christ, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave or free. There's, they're born and made in the image and likeness of God. You know? People like to put stuff on, but this is talking about the New Testament days. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Go to Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. I meant to tell you. I, I didn't finish telling you. Um, I skipped over something. The notes, if you want to pull them up uh, tonight, they'll be there all week. We will update them so the latest one will be up. You can go to bcnotes.org. BC is in Boomerang Church. bcnotes.org. You can pull up the notes. That way you have them. You can pull them up on your phone or tablet or computer. bcnotes.org. Click on the Amazing Acts, and there it is. The other thing is that faith is going to build in each person this week. It's already building in you tonight. It's going to build every night. It's going to get stronger and stronger. You're going to start seeing the normal of God and the power of God, and it's going to build in you. Now, there's going to be moments where the spirit of faith comes in you and on you, and you're going to feel it. And you may be believing God for something. When that spirit of faith comes on you, I don't want you to wait to the end of the service. I know right now it's going to happen probably every night. I had multiple people tell me last night, God came on me in the middle of the service. I wanted to come up there right then. That's what I'm talking about. It's going to come on you. When that spirit of faith comes on you, I don't, it doesn't matter what you're believing for. You're believing for healing. You're believing for debt to be erased. You're believing, you're believing just to go up. Uh, you're believing, God, Lord, let me walk in what's normal to you. And it might happen to you multiple times throughout this week. But when that moment hits you, it, you don't have to wait to the end of service come prayer. You're not bothering me. You're not out of order. I'm giving you permission right now. You just come right up. I'll ask you what we, we're agreeing on, and then we'll pray over that, and the power of God's going to hit you. But you come in that moment, okay, and feel free to do that. Come forward when you sense faith on you. Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, prophecy. Prophecy about this supernatural gift that will bring about a supernatural destiny. John the Baptist answered and said to them, As for me, I baptize you with water. In other words, I will overwhelm your life with water, representing the change and the repentance of sins. Baptize, overwhelm with, with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus, he will baptize you. He will overwhelm you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. Now, do you think that God could just take a, a person that's in the middle of a curse and just go, okay, you're in the middle of the curse and you're in the middle of the curse and okay, here's God. What would happen to him? 
they just blow apart at the seams. How, how is cursed and corrupted individuals going to hold within them without a renewal? How are they going to hold almighty, all-powerful God? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So what, what has he got to do? He's got to prepare us. He's got to prepare the temple. Look at John chapter 20. So his first part of preparing the temple is we've got to become a part of the family of God. We must receive of his nature. John chapter 20 and verse 19. This is what I was talking to you about earlier. This is after Jesus had been resurrected. It says, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. He stood in their midst. The doors were shut. How did he get there? The power of the Holy Ghost. You know, all the doors were shut. All of a sudden, Jesus was like, hmm. You know, Star Trekky. I don't know that there was a beam of light or anything. I don't know that. I just know all of a sudden he weren't there, then he were, was there. He weren't, and then he was. I imagine he had their attention. I mean, this is the same guy that was dead a few days ago. Right now he's alive, and now he was there when he weren't there a few seconds ago. Now he is. How's he doing that? Holy Ghost. Yeah. Say it with me. How's he doing that? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He wasn't there. Now he is. He's got their attention. Then, then you see this. Keep reading. He says, peace be on you. Not only did he appear, he started talking to them. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his sides. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. I imagine the first few seconds of that was, oh, oh. <laughs> When he weren't and then he was. Yeah. And then they said, he said, it's me. If he was in North Carolina, this is how it would have went down. All right. But he wasn't, he wasn't here. It's me. Hey, boys, it's me. How y'all doing? Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Yeah. How? Who? What? Jesus said, What? Now, he's already prophesied this in John chapter 17. But here he is after he's resurrected with power of the Holy Ghost. Weren't there, now he was, identified himself, and then he says something he said over back in John 17. What, what does he say here? Verse 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Well, how did the Father send? We're talking about the normal of God. How did the Father send Jesus? Not, not just in this element, to the earth. How did he send Jesus? Powerless. I mean, he had to operate as a human, but what allowed Jesus to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
And God sent him with a mission, and that mission and the word that was on his mission gave him the empowerment to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, do heaven's normal, watch this, do the things that are normal in the kingdom of God. And he, then he said, he had the audacity to say, how y'all is me. And then he said, you're going to go the same way I, was, I went. I'm sending you the same way I was sent. With the same ability and, and ability to, to grab access to the Holy Ghost. With the same mission, with the same vision, and the same power. With the same power. What's normal to God? For you to be powerless, to sit and amen for the rest of your life in a seat, or you take it out these doors and you start seeing anointed hands laid on heads that need to fill it. Things change. Sicknesses dissolve. Dead raised back to life. Hallelujah. Just for the pastors? No. Every believer. In John 17, where he first prophesied this, he said, this is a promise to everyone who believes on me. This is the normal of God. Glory to God. Verse 22. And when he had said this, now what's he doing? He's preparing the vessel. Come here, Chris. He's preparing the vessel. So he's sitting there, face me. And he says this. He says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And the power of God. Did you feel it? <laughs> not just the breath. Yeah. It's hard to preach like this and not release a little bit of that anointing. So you might want to come up here because if I do it again. I don't know if I'm going to or not. He said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the thing. What, what, what was happening right here? Now, we're going to see that this is a separate event from Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit, the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit has not been given yet because these are the same men, the same men he breathed on in this room is the same men he said, wait, because the promise is coming. So this is a separate event. What happened right here? He just got the life-giving water of God, the Holy Ghost. He just got the water that will keep them alive, that will turn them into a child of God, turn them into a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and keep them alive for eternity. This is where the disciples got born again in this upper room when he did what? Breathed on them. And he breathed on them. Now this is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is a cup of water to keep them alive when they were dying of thirst. There was no life-giving water. This is the cup of water to keep them alive eternally. It was the Holy Ghost that was the cup. But coming in Acts 2, there's going to be a baptism. But before you get to a baptism, they got to be prepared. How, when we were living under the curse, how could they be prepared to receive a baptism, the infilling of the, the Holy Ghost, if, if the vessel wasn't prepared yet? Amen. Thank you, guys. If the vessel wasn't prepared. So he had to, he, they had to get born again. You can't walk in a supernatural destiny and not be born again. 
You can't walk like that. The temple's got to be prepared. The next thing that happens is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You can see what happened here when he breathed on them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. When he breathed on them, something supernatural happened. When he breathed on them, something supernatural happened. Verse 17, if anyone is in Christ. Well, they just became in Christ. And every person that receives Christ by confessing him as Jesus as Lord, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's the director. Whatever he tells me to do, I will do. And I believe that God brought him back to life from the dead. So they confess with their mouth Jesus as Lord. This is Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. I, I believe I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. And I believe that God brought him back to life. Now, I want you to see something. It is that God gives us some specifics about honoring him in our heart in this moment. He's, he didn't say, confess him as your Savior. Saving happens, but that's not what we're confessing. That's not what we're making a commitment to. What are we making a commitment to? For him to be Lord. Many people want him to be their savior, but they don't want him to be Lord. Save me, but I don't want to do what you tell me to do. Lord is, I want to do what you're telling me to do, and in that is a saving. That's a proper preparation. Okay? When we need to walk this out on a regular basis, we need to recount. The word says this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, don't play games with this. We should be doing that all the time. Lord, you show me what to do, I'll do. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't mind if you correct me. I don't mind if you tell me you're, I'm wrong. Lord, show me what to do and I'll do it. You are my Lord. You are the director of my life and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you say. Not what I say, not what my parents say, not I'm going to do what you say, Lord. You're the Lord of my life. And of course, most of those things are written right here in this word to give us an idea. If anyone is in Christ, he's born again. Now he's in the family of God. He's got an inheritance. And then he says this, he is a new creature. Completely new creation. Completely new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have Come. Now, I just want to point this out to you. It's important to understand the relationship that you have as with three parts of yourself. Three parts of man is spirit, soul, and body. We see that in Thessalonians. We see it in multiple places. But spirit, soul, and body. The real you is the spirit man. When you got born again, you came to an altar, you went back home, you might have a smile on your face, but your face looked the same in the mirror. Your body didn't change. The heart of who you are changed. Your spirit man is the new. But is God's word not true that you're, you weren't made a new creation? No, it's true. So what's he talking about here? Is he talking about your body became new? No. He, is he talking about your mind became new? Well, you might start thinking some new thoughts. But ultimately, you've got to renew your mind. What was made new was the spirit. The three parts are spirit, soul, which is mind, will, and emotions, and the body. Your body is basically just a suit that your spirit man lives inside of, and your brain is what will actually process the input that comes from the flesh, from the body, and it processes the input that comes from your spirit man. In your, in your brain, in your soul, that's where you make decisions. So when he says here that you were made a completely new creation, he's not talking about the body. 
See, most people think that their body is the real them. When they talk about themselves, they'll say, I have this. You know, well, I have a sickness. See, my spirit man's not sick. I don't say I have a sickness. My spirit man's made in the image and likeness of God. I, he's not, God's not sick. I'm not sick. I might have something attacking my body. That's a different situation. But my spirit man's not sick. You, you understand that? You see, that will give you some revelation on how to get healed as well. He, you're made a completely new creation. There's no corruption in it, but you're, you've got to get prepared. You must get prepared. He says, and the first part of getting prepared is getting born again. He said, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come. He says, now all of these things, how prepared are you? Watch this. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this. Now all these things are from God. Watch this who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciled means this, if you reconcile a, a checkbook. One of my favorite examples, you reconcile a checkbook. What you're doing is you're finding every penny in the checkbook versus every penny in, your own, in the bank account statement. And you have to account for every penny. If every penny in the checkbook doesn't match every penny in the statement, that checkbook is not reconciled. You have to have every penny accounted for. God just told us he took every penny of our spiritual life and he reconciled it to what? It wasn't the bank statement. What did he reconcile it to? He reconciled it to himself. <laughs> he made every penny of me look like him. Now, I still got a mind that needs renewed, and I still got a flesh that's got corrupted in it, but the real me. I could teach on the real me in three parts of man. One great thing to do is look at the story of... The beggar Lazarus, not Jesus' friend Lazarus, but the beggar Lazarus. This was a real event and a real person. And the rich man. The rich man died and was in hell. He could still remember, think, talk, taste, all of those things. But his body was buried on the earth. All of those functions. And it didn't say he was, he was up on the earth. It said he, the real spirit man, was in hell. And spirit man of the beggar Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And you see the separation of those parts there once he had died. So what you see is that God took the real us and he reconciled every penny of me, of you, if you're a believer, if you're in God. And he made every penny of your spiritual life right with God. He reconciled to himself, made you just like him. Made in his image and likeness. What are you carrying? Now, could you have done it on your own? No. But what are you carrying? How are you made? Listen to all the lies the devil will talk to you about yourself. But who's he talking about? He ain't talking about you if you're born again. He's talking about the flesh man. He's talking about your mind, will, and emotions. And if we'll accept it, we'll walk out the non-kingdom of God. But if we know who we are... We'll walk out something else and we'll start walking in the normal of God. Oh, glory. And, and now, am I, am I saying this or is God saying this? Like, I'm not, I'm not showing you anything outside of this. I'm just telling you what this says. 
He reckons, read that again. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself, to himself through Christ. How did he do it? Through Christ. See, it was Christ that gave us the ability to, to get there and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What that means is, come here, Chris. Come here, Mark. He says, all right, now just squat just a little bit. There you go. God's, God says, that ain't right. Come up here. Come up to my height in Jesus' name. That was good. And he did it. And he raised him up to God height through Jesus Christ. He reconciled him. But then it says he gave you the ministry or the service to God of reconciliation. That means now that Chris is reconciled, he's supposed to be looking around for other people who, who aren't as tall as God. He's right there. He didn't give the pastor that ministry directly only. He gave us. Who's he talking to? The whole church. Us. He says, be reconciled. He says, be reconciled. So now watch this. God said, I'm going to give you a supernatural life through the power and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but i got to get you prepared first. And so in order to prepare, I'm going to give you the life-giving breath of the Holy Ghost. Same, same type of breath he blew into Adam when he came to life. Right. Breath. Right. All of a sudden, life came. You received Jesus. We fell into the curse. We lost that life. All of a sudden, we, we received Jesus. We get it back. But it's different. It's under a new law, under a new covenant. Now, now we're, not, we're not walking according to the old law. Now, he's writing the law on our heart. He's right. This is the number one law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words... Put God first with everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of sounds like this. Make him Lord. Yeah. Make him the director of your life. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do with, that, with all my strength. But then he says this. He says he'll make us new and, and he'll reconcile us, but he'll give us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, and watch it. Here's, here's the ministry of reconciliation. Just listen to this. Namely, that God was in Christ. Uh, let, me, let me just point this out too. <laughs> Listen, all right. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ meant something else. It's not like just his surname. Jesus, Jesus Christ is this. Jesus, the anointed one from God and the anointing that he carries. That's what that means. Jesus is the promised Messiah and he is the embodiment of the power of God. And so now, now read this differently. Namely, that God was in the anointing. In other words, God moves through the anointing. That's why we talked about last night where you're placed. 
You don't get in a place that have a form of godliness but deny the power because if they're denying the power, they're denying the anointing. If they're denying the anointing to work like it should, they're, they're not going to have the help that they need. They're not going to fulfill their supernatural destiny. It's out of the plans of God. And if it's out of the plans of God, now we're dishonoring God. Okay. So we're not going to walk in the honor that we need to. We're not going to walk in the power. We need the anointing in our life. God was in Christ, in the anointed one, in his anointing. Recon, watch, listen to this. Reconciling the world to himself. I thought he was reconciling believers. Christians. No, no, no. Is that what that says? He's re he was reconciling the world, yeah. every person, to himself. Yeah. Then look at what he has the audacity to say. Not, not counting their trespasses against them. Christians? No. The world. He's already done it. See, that's why I asked the question in Luke chapter 2. He says, you know, peace to you. The angels show up and they said, you know, then they say, great joy, great peace with men with whom God is pleased. With whom God is pleased. What are you talking about? This. This is what he's talking about. When Jesus showed up on the earth, everything changed. There was a savior there. There was a, a reconciler there. There was a person that, would, that God could reconcile the world through. There was a person that God could use, Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one. There was a person that he would remove all of their trespasses. Put that verse back up. Look at it again. Let it get in you. Namely, that God was in Christ. God was in it. God was doing it. You remember? You remember what you used to think? Big, bad, mean God of the Old Testament. Well, if he was big, bad, mean God, why didn't he just let them burn? That's what people think. But that's not his heart. That was never his heart. They looked at it and took it the wrong way. They didn't understand what was actually happening. What was God actually doing? He was setting up a system. He was setting up a system that his son could fulfill so that he could save them all. Save them all. God was in this. God was in Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world, making the world right. Every spiritual penny of the world was reconciled to himself, not counting the world's trespasses against them. Not counting not count their sins against them. And he is committed to us the word of reconciliation. So that when somebody there is not walking at, in the normal of God, he's, he's given us the ministry and the word. You can walk like God. You can walk as tall as God. I believe in you because of Jesus. Jesus will take care of that. And you can walk at a different level. Why, why walk at this level anymore? Why walk at this low level? Why, why walk at this cursed level? Why walk here? You don't have to anymore. See, that's supposed to be, watch this, that's supposed to be on every believer's lips. 
every believer. How many people have heard that so much that it is revelation to you and you know that you know that you know it or have you just barely heard it? Wouldn't most people agree, I've barely heard that? And yet, isn't this what God's saying? This is the very ministry that we have on this earth? To let God be God in people? And he's not holding stuff against you? He's not holding it against you. How many people the devil's lied to you? How many people the devil's lied to you? And he said, and he said, you've done messed up. You messed up so bad. You're not worth, God's holding this against you. Not true. Not true. Now that doesn't mean that there's not sowing and reaping. That doesn't mean that there's not cause and effect. But what are we supposed to do when we mess up? We don't look at what God is supposedly holding against us. We, we throw ourselves at his feet and by faith we receive his forgiveness and move straight into the blessing of God. Let him fix us. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says, Come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Not, not come boldly before the throne when you got it all together. Come boldly before the throne when you don't have it all together. This is the ministry that God has given us. He says, Therefore, because of this, verse 20, we, with this ministry, are ambassadors for Christ. Let me tell you and declare to you, this is your job. This is your job. I don't care where you work, this is your occupation. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are, watch this, you are an ambassador of the anointing. You're an ambassador for the anointing. How can you be an ambassador for the anointing and not carry it? Not walk in the normal of God. God wants us to walk in his anointing and carry his supernatural power. Why? So we can be witnesses. See how this matches up with Acts chapter 1? Because when you receive power, you will be my witnesses. See what God's doing here? You can't be the messengers without being filled with the power, which is why he said, don't go anywhere till this happens. There's a Holy Spirit that's coming to baptize you. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be made right with God. Walk like God. You know, why do you have, the devil's jumping on this. And he's jumping on it and he's doing some evil stuff and all this superhero stuff that's going on right now. He's bringing in a mixture of the corrupted and the supernatural. And he's blending it into a mixture. The mixture is wrong. The Bible says this. It says that you are supposed to, pre preachers are supposed to explain to people the difference between the holy, the pure, not the mixture, and the profane, which means common. The holy and the profane. Preachers are supposed to teach people the difference. Right now what's happening is you're seeing a blend of the supernatural and the natural. Same thing you saw in Genesis when these, these demonic type angels came down and they tried to, to blend with men. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was trying to bring a mixture 
into the race of men to drive out any purity. There's a holiness of God. He says this. He says, we are to be ambassadors. We beg you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. One of the things that we're seeing is we're seeing churn in the hearts of men, a longing for the supernatural things of God right now. Their hearts of men are being quickened towards that. Like, I know I'm being called for something else. I know I'm supposed to be doing more. I know I'm supposed to be walking in a different level. I know it. I know it. I'm supposed to have these hands anointed. I know it. I know it. I know I'm supposed to be walking at a different level. Well, you're not the only ones that that's awakening inside of. And the devil's saying, hey, do it my way. Play around with the witchcraft. Play around with the demonic. Play around with wizardry and play around with all these things. He's trying to get in so that it'll never be pure and the source of it won't be God. Because he doesn't mind you playing around with the supernatural. He'll even share some of his power. But as long as God's not the source of it, he wants to keep people away from that. But God, see, here's the thing about the devil's plan, though. There's always side effects. The wages of sin is death. There's always death in some form or fashion. There's always lack. It's like with alcohol. There's always the day after. And there's a death to some brain cells. There's a death to hydration. And you have the side effects of it. You have the headaches of it. Some of y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I've been there. There's a death to it. It may be, sin may be pleasurable for a season, but the end thereof is death. There's a death of something. Well, that's what happens when you start playing around with powers that's not God as the source. You get into a mixture and there's death attached to that. But see, Satan's jumping on that. He's trying to present some things. Man, he is throwing some stuff out there right now. There's two, uh, two or three movies. I know two for a fact. I think there's a third one somebody told me about. In the last couple of years, right before COVID, uh, it was two movies specifically that came out. There's a demonic type figure in both of them. And they said, if you'll just let me in and do, let me do what I want to do, I'll give you power. And those are, those are some superhero type movies. And what's happening is the devil's setting people up to do the same thing. When an actual demon comes to them, they're like, well, this happened in the movie and it turned out all right. You know, they had their problems, but they won in the end. He's setting them up to receive the exact same thing. And then they'll open themselves up to a demonic power and be lost. But see, we don't have to be lost. We can move in the power of God. He says this. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. Be made right with God. How right with God? Look at verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus said, I'll take your transgression and I'll give you everything I did right. I'll make you right like it was me. He said, I'll give you my righteousness. And how do we receive it? How could we ever walk in it by doing it on our own? Never. 
But how do we receive it? Lord, you would do that for me? Lord, by faith, I make you the Lord of my life. And I believe that the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we find out in Ephesians, brought you back to life. And if he brought you back to life, that same powerful Holy Ghost can bring me up to a place of life and righteousness in you. And I can walk like you. And it can be my normal. It all started with Jesus, but it looks like this. Both of you come again and watch. Squat for a second. He says, be made right with me. Come up to my level. Live at that place. Live at that place. And then he says, I now make you and anoint you a minister, ambassador of my anointing. Be my ambassador with other people. And he says, hey, you can be made right too. You can come up to that level too. And the weight of sin falls off. And, we, and you know, most of the time when people are born again, they're like, whoo, just like Mark was when he said, stop having me squat. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that. It's just eternity that you're faced with. But then he says, now that you've been made right, I make you ministers of being made right. Tell other people they can be made right. I'm not holding it against them. You are my ambassadors. There's a whole bunch of people that ain't right. Go fix them. Go take it to them. Go tell them. Go. Go tell them. You can be made right. Lift them up. All right, now he, he's made right. Now his job is, he's now an ambassador. You're a minister of being made right. <laughs> tell somebody else. Let me, let me read it again. <laughs> Namely, God was in Christ, making right the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He's not counting your trespasses against you. He's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. Hear these words. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be made right with God. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be made right with God. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be made right with God. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be made right with God. That's the way the world is supposed to look. Everybody been made right. And now what's the deal? Everybody that's been made right. What's the deal? Everybody that's been made right, they now are prepared to receive God himself in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because now their, their system's right. They can hold the Holy Ghost. They can let the Holy Ghost minister. Go this way. <laughs> I 
have such fun with <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Are you prepared to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you prepared? I told you, and I'll tell you again tonight, I'm going to invite you to come up. Whatever it is you're believing for. Now listen, if if it's not your night and you're coming back another night, and you you know, like, tonight's not it. I can feel it building, but tonight's not it. Just stay. But if you know, I'm, I'm getting it tonight. I'm receiving what I need tonight. If that's you, you've been made right. You know, it just goes like this. This is being made right right here. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. In Acts it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus, I need to be made right with you. I need to be prepared to walk in your normal. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess Jesus as Lord, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You're the director. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The spirit of God's power brought him back to life physically. You know what kind of power it takes to raise people from the dead? God power. Supernatural resurrection power. Romans chapter 8 it says, If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. He'll bring you up to a place where you walk like Him. Now if you want to walk in that and be prepared, it's simply saying, Lord, You're my Lord. You can say it with me right now. Everybody in here. Jesus, Jesus. You're the Lord of my life. life. Whatever You ask me to do, I'm going to do. do. And I believe believe that You died for me And that the power of the Holy Ghost brought you back to life. Jesus, according to your word, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Now just receive right there. Lift your hands. This is a week of God's normal, a week of His power. Lord, we just receive right now. We receive right now. In the name of Jesus, when I lay hands on you, receive whatever it is you're here for. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I receive. Say it with me. Lord, I receive. Yeah. Lord, I receive. If you're receiving, you think you're going to be happy about it in a few minutes? If you actually receive, how's it going to make you feel in a few minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's happening right now. By faith, we have it now. Oh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, we receive right now. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, solve every issue. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your normal. Thank you, Lord. Manioko doro koromoso. In the name of Jesus, let it be now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let your joy overflow. Yeah, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, right there. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, anoint and flood him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you, Father. Help him walk like you. Help him be like you. Help him walk in the normal like you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Father. Say, Lord, I receive everything you have for me. Say it with me, Lord, I receive everything you have for me right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, fill them and overflow them, Lord. Breaking everything that would hold them back. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. By his power and his grace. In Jesus' name. So, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, don't stop now. Say, joy of the Holy Ghost. Joy. Yeah, everything you're believing for, Scarlet, everything you're believing for right now, everything that the Lord's will has for you, let it be right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Right now. Thank you. Let everything that's been held back, let it crack open and release in Jesus' name. Let it crack open and release. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Can you see it tonight? The beginning of the power of God, the beginning of your supernatural destiny, the beginning of what's normal with God is normal with you. What's the beginning of it, the inception of it, the preparation of it. What's normal with God will be normal with you. 
What's normal with God will be normal with me. What's normal with God will be normal with me. What's, say it with me if you want it. What's normal with God will be normal with me. What's normal with God will be normal with me. That's not what I did. know something's happening. Service start to end. Two hours. I mean, we're not out of here yet, but I'm, I'm pretty much done. Are you ready to receive more tomorrow night? We're just scratching the surface. Amazing acts. Amazing acts. Believing, be believing the rest of this week. Signs, Wonders, miracles, miracles in your body, miracles in your finances, miracles in your mind, miracles in your social life, miracles in your family, signs, wonders, miracles, miracles in you, miracles in your hands, miracles in your feet, miracles in everything that you do, miracles in your thinking, miracles in the wisdom of God. Miracles, signs, wonders, normal to God, normal to God, normal to God, normal to you, normal to you, normal to God, normal to you. In Jesus' name, it's time to walk in it. Johnny had a word yesterday. It's time to stop sitting on the sidelines and get in the game. It's time to be the ministers of reconciliation we've been called to be. He says, I beg you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. I beg you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. Amen. Who's supposed to wrap this up? Hmm? Whoever's got it. Whoever's knows what to do. We love you. Tomorrow night's going to be awesome. Be reconciled to God. Carry it with you, an ambassador of God. Be an ambassador of God tomorrow. Carry it with you. Things are different. There's things in your hands. You have the anointing in your hands. You're prepared. You have the anointing in your hands. You're prepared. You have the anointing in your hands. You're prepared. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. We give you glory. And we come back excited tomorrow night. Glory to God. All this week, faith's going to rise. It's going to rise. It's going to rise. I'm telling you, it's rising. Spirit of faith being imparted. You're going to different places. You're looking at things different. You're walking different. You're thinking different, acting different, speaking different. It's going to rise. It's rising right now. Let's walk in who we're called to be. Let's stop being held back in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's Buddy. Here's me.
Amen. Everyone just lift your hand and say this. I am an ambassador of God. I am an ambassador of the anointing. Amen. Is that who you are? Amen. Guys, wow. This, this is only night two. We're not even halfway through this week and God's already pouring out big. Oh, oh man. How much more is is God going to be doing tomorrow and then Thursday and then Friday. Oh, it's going to be an awesome week, guys. I'm excited for what God's getting ready to do. Um, I'm going to step up so you all can see me. Um, I'm excited. God's doing big things. Thanks, Colton. I'm not going to jump the whole time. But, uh, but I'm excited. God's doing big things, and I'm excited for it. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to seeing you all tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We have pre-service prayer. Make sure you're here for that. Uh, and then at 6.30, we have our meetings. But, guys, we love you. Uh, we praise God for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. As Barrett said yesterday, quoting some other guy that I forget what his name was, uh, you don't have to go home, but, you know, you can't stay here. What? It's that guy. Baptisms on Sunday. If you, if the Lord's leading you at any point throughout this week to be baptized, this Sunday morning at our service, we're going to be baptizing people. So if you want to be a part of that, there's a sign-up sheet. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny's the best. Everyone say, Johnny, you're the best. Because I don't know where he just disappeared. I think he translated somewhere. But um, but if you want to be baptized, make sure you sign up. Uh, there's a paper in the lobby. You can do that there. But anyway, with that being said, love you guys. Have a great night.